Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled, Behold, I proclaim a liberty for you to the sword. It shall be focused on the study of Jeremiah chapter 34. Before we go any further, we begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the year of Jubilee which You gave unto the Gentiles in the form of the Holy Spirit. As we see Your disappointment with the Israelites here who had taken advantage of each other even when You had given them the year of Jubilee to not to take prisoner their own brethren. And as we see today, men are imprisoned in the thoughts of their mind and interpretations of Your Gospel and organized religion, imprisoning each other to a life of sin. And But You set us free free, for you said, He who the Son of Man has set free is free indeed. We thank you, Father, for the rest that you've given us, the rest from ceasing from works, but righteousness through faith. We pray, help us to take the same gospel of peace and freedom to the regions of the lost, that, Father, they might find thee, and that they might get the freedom of the year of Jubilee, the Holy Spirit in their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Jeremiah chapter 34. Jeremiah 34 The word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army, and all the kingdoms of the earth of his dominion, and all the people fought against Jerusalem, and against all the cities thereof, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Go and speak to Zedekiah, king of Judah, and tell him, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will give this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. And thou shalt not escape out of his hand, but shall surely be taken, and delivered into his hand, and thine eyes shall behold the eyes of the king of Babylon, and he shall speak with thee mouth to mouth, and thou shalt go to Babylon." Yet hear the word of the Lord, O Zedekiah, king of Judah. Thus saith the Lord of thee, Thou shalt not die by the sword, but thou shalt die in peace, and with the burnings of thy fathers, the former kings which were before thee, so shall they burn odors for thee. And they will lament thee, saying, Our Lord, for I have pronounced the word, saith the Lord. Then Jeremiah the prophet spake all these words unto Zedekiah king of Judah in Jerusalem. When the king of Babylon's army fought against Jerusalem and against all the cities of Judah that were left, against Lachish and against Azekah, for these defensed cities remained of the cities of Judah. This is the word that came unto Jeremiah from the Lord. After that the king Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people which were at Jerusalem to proclaim liberty unto them, that every man should let his manservant and every man his maidservant, being an Hebrew or an Hebrewess, go free, that none should serve himself of them, to wit, of a Jew his brother. Now when all the princes and all the people which had entered into the covenant heard that every one should let his manservant and every one his maidservant go free, that none should serve themselves of them any more, then they obeyed and let them go. But afterward they turned, and caused the servants and the handmaids, whom they had let go free, to return, and brought them into subjection for servants and for handmaids. 
Therefore the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, I made a covenant with your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondmen, saying, At the end of seven years let ye go every man his brother an Hebrew, which hath been sold unto thee, and when he hath served thee six years, thou shalt let him go free from thee. But your fathers hearken not unto me, neither inclined their ear. And ye were now turned, and had done right in my sight, in proclaiming liberty every man to his neighbor. And ye had made a covenant before me in the house, which is called by my name. But ye turned, and polluted my name, and caused every man his servant, and every man his handmaid, whom ye had set at liberty at their pleasure to return, and brought them into subjection, to be unto you for servants and for handmaids. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Ye have not hearkened unto me in proclaiming liberty, every one to his brother, and every man to his neighbor. Behold, I proclaim a liberty for you, saith the Lord, to the sword, to the pestilence, and to the famine. And I will make you to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. And I will give the men that have transgressed my covenant, which have not performed the words of the covenant which they had made before me, when they cut the calf in twain, and pass between the parts thereof. The princes of Judah, and the princes of Jerusalem, the eunuchs, and the priests, and all the people of the land which passed between the parts of the calf, I will even give them into the hand of their enemies, and into the hand of them that seek their life, and their dead bodies shall be for meat unto the fowls of the heaven, and to the beasts of the earth. And Zedekiah king of Judah and his princes will I give into the hand of their enemies, and into the hand of them that seek their life, and into the hand of the king of Babylon's army which are gone up from you. Behold, I will command, saith the Lord, and cause them to return to this city, and they shall fight against it, and take it, and burn it with fire. And I will make the cities of Judah a desolation without an inhabitant. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham, titled Jubilee Year. This was preached in 1954 on October the 3rd in the evening. We'll begin at paragraph 50 up to paragraph 94. I trust you find it to be a blessing. Now, Jesus was prophesied by the Isaiah to preach the acceptable year. That's what we want to deal on tonight. Now, now the acceptable year was this, that in doing the time between so many years, the acceptable year is the year called in the old writings, the year of jubilee. It comes ever, I believe it's either ever seven years was the jubilee year. And ever seven years, they let the ground rest. They grow no fruit on it, or no planted, no crops. They let their crops in the field rest every seven years. And at that time was the Jubilee. And every time that there was a slave that had been sold, or Hebrew, a man had sold his children for slavery. Now that sounds like a horrible thing. But I stood a few nights ago and watched the same thing take place. When man would bring their daughters young women, put them up in the slave market. 
and strip them down and sell them there for slaves. One of the fellows that was in, not in our party, but joined up with us there, bought a lovely young lady for the sum of $35 and got a, a writing in law just like you get a title to a car. Some sold for $10. Some would just give away. And how that in any place where the name of Jesus Christ is in respect, human being and women become no more than animals. And how we are to praise God for the country that we live in, for the morals and things. It's a shame how we treat the things that we do have the freedoms of God. Now, they would sell a slave. Then this, this girl here, now she can go out and be a wife or she can be a handsmaid. They sell her, look at her teeth, see how strong she is, where she can work or not, or if she's a virgin or not, and so forth. And you can buy and get as many as you want, as many as you can take care of, as many as you can pay for. And now the same thing was in the days of the Lord. When they took a slave and sold it, then every seven years there was a jubilee year come by. Now this is a great time and has a great significance to the people of today. Amen. Great time. Now the slaves would be in the field or wherever they was at work and then maybe bent down under the load of the taskmaster, the owner, and he was full lord and master over them because he had a legal paper that showed that this slave belonged to him. He would treat it like a horse or whatever he wanted to. It was his slave. But then, every seven years, it was the law of God that there was a jubilee year. And when this jubilee year come by, then the priest rode the land, sounding the trumpet, and every slave that had been bought with a price and become a servant was given the privilege to be made free. Amen. Go back home again. Back to his loved ones. He was redeemed back by grace. Amen. He didn't have to pay anything. His loved ones didn't have to pay anything. It was an act of God. Amen. What a beautiful illustration today that men and women in our country and everywhere else has sold their self out to sin, drinking, gambling, crowding, doing things that they ought not to do, and become slaves to the devil. Some I met a young lady here not long ago. She said, Brother Brandon, I'd give anything if I could only break this band of whiskey. She said, I started when I was a little girl, went with a boy, drink. We started mixing drinks, and I've become a perfect slave to it. If I don't have it, she says, I just go wild. If I could only get rid of this. I said, you can't do it yourself, but I know someone who can break it for you. The Lord Jesus Christ has come to make you free. Now, if you'll notice in symbol, that jubilee year repeats now again. Every so often, there is a revival strikes the land. Just the great wealth revival that closed not long ago. The people 
we might go and have Billy Grimm's and Oral Robertson all over the land, everywhere. And no matter how much we try, how great we try to organize our people together and ban them, it takes God to bring a revival. Amen. No matter we're trying to have a Christian businessman organization. That's good. Now they're trying to have an a interdenominational minister's association. That's all good. But brother, as long as it's just man, it'll never amount to anything. But it takes the Spirit of God to get among the people. Now in this great Welsh revival that started, that was a jubilee time for the Welsh people. There started just a bunch of illiterate people just preaching the gospel. And the power and the glory of God began to fall unto businessmen would go to work and sit down at their desk and weep like babies and close their meat, their business. Farmers in the field would be sitting uh, on their plows or plowing. They'd stop their teams and get out in the field, ranch sinners, and raise up their hands to God and cry out for mercy. People walking on the roads and everywhere. Whistles started to blow and everything else. There was a revival on. That's what America needs tonight. It doesn't need a Billy Graham or don't need a Oral Roberts. What it needs tonight is the Holy Spirit moving amongst the people claiming the year of freedom. That's right. Doesn't need a new organization. Doesn't need a new setup. The only thing it needs is the Holy Spirit to come in convicting power. You can preach the gospel till you turn crazy. You can work signs and wonders till you turn grave. Except God gets out amongst the people and goes to moving. Why, when that revival started, a minister went down to a place where there was a culvert across the road. And he got it, stopped his horse, and got under this culvert and said, Almighty God, this city is all polluted down here. Said, cause every man, woman, boy, or girl that passes over this culvert to fall under conviction by your spirit. He went and got a good faithful warrior, stuck him under that place to pray. Staying there day and night fasting, praying. He went on into the city and asked permission to ask the blessing at the table before the dinner was served. He said, all right. And he stood and said, Lord God, cause every man and every woman that sits at this table to come under conviction. And it was said and wrote by papers that man would pass over that cupboard and stop their horses on the road and start weeping and crying. Men and women would come to the table and sit down and get their food and push it back and would weep and cry and repent. That's the kind of revival that we need tonight where God gets out amongst the people. We can start a meeting, work signs and wonders. I notice it here. I go out and sometimes in the meeting, blind, see, deaf here. The people come around and look and say, that's wonderful. When the revival's gone, you don't hear them no more. They're right back out. Well, yes, I believe in that. What it needs tonight is not a new preacher. What it needs is the Holy Spirit. Get out amongst the people. Go to stir them up. Hungered and thirsting for righteousness sake. Blessed are they when they hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Wherever it is, it takes the Holy Spirit to do it. Now, in these days, when these priests take the man out there, maybe hoeing in the cornfield, the master walking down, whipping him with the whip. Hurry up there. Got to hurry up with this. But just as soon as that trumpet sounded, that man could throw that hole down, say, I won't hold with it no more. And
And that taskmaster, that slave driver, was forbidden to touch him anymore because he was free. Why? He heard the good news. The jubilee was on. The atonement was made. And all the slaves could go free. I remember myself. Oh, my. When I heard that good news come to my heart as a little old sinner boy laying on the hospital bed and the doctor says he's got three more minutes to live, I heard a sound from heaven that told me Jubilee year was on. Amen. I accepted the Lord Jesus, Amen. turned loose all the shackles of sin and said to the devil, you can't do me any more harm because I have given my life to Christ Jesus and you can't whip me anymore. Amen. Since then he's bluffed me lots of times but he's not been able to touch me since. He's just a bluff. I can hear his whip cracking and popping and so forth, but it don't do no good because he can't get me because I belong to the Lord now. That's right. Now, we notice this fella. After he was free to go, he was go back to his home, go back to his loved ones, go back to his wife and children. He was free. He didn't have to be a slave no more. But, here's a tragedy. If that man did not desire to go back, and he wanted to remain there. Then this master walked up to him and said, you desire to still be my slave? Yes. Then they took him down to the temple, told him before the people as a public testimony, put his ear up against the post, and put an oil and marked him in the ear. Then he could never be free. He had to be a servant as long as he lived. He must continue to serve this slave driver as long as he lived if he willfully rejected his calling and opportunity to be free. Now, settle yourself just a moment. For the past 40 years, in the United States of America has constantly been the roaring forth of the Holy Spirit working among mans and individuals, giving signs and wonders and all kinds of miracles, people that's been brought up from prostitutes, from illegitimate people, and so forth. They made gentlemen and Christians. There's been those who've been blind, has received their sight. Deaf ears has been opened. The great time of jubilee for the sick and the afflicted. Those who've been bound by the devil in every regard. Whether he's been sick, whether he's been blind, whether he's been crippled, there's been thousands times thousands of miracles worked amongst the people. There's been a revival constantly going in churches for the past 40 years of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's come to a time as a nation and whole, and as an individuals, and as church groups, we have turned it down. We've walked away and rejected it. Now the bad part of it is, friends, if you grieve the Holy Spirit once too often, then you have crossed the separating line. You've come to a place where there's no more repentance left for you. And you'll be sealed into the kingdom of darkness where you'll never see the Lord Jesus. You'll never see the hope of life. And you'll be marked out for good and forever. What a solemn warning. Oh, I hope the Holy Spirit sinks it into your heart. You who are standing at the borderline. You who thought a lot of times, I'd like to be a full surrendered Christian if I can just make up my mind when to do it. Oh, my brother, sister, do you realize 
that this may be the last opportunity you'll ever have to become that. It may be the last night that you'll ever have the opportunity to become a Christian believer. It may be from tonight on that you've turned down the message of God for the last time. Then you'll be in the sight of God marked off in apostasy. There's only going to be two classes of people in the last days. Both of them is going to wear a mark. The mark of God is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Without a shadow of doubt. I preached that not long ago, right here. By the Holy Spirit's help and the Word of God proved it that the seal of God is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 4.30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed until the day of your redemption. Without the Holy Spirit, you are not sealed. But the Holy Spirit is God's seal. And then that all that was not sealed by the Holy Spirit was tuck on the mark of the beast. And the mark of the beast is the mark of apostasy, which is rejecting the Holy Spirit. See what I mean? Then when the year of Jubilee or the blast comes, that people are receiving the Holy Spirit. And you deliberately, willfully turn it down God has no more an honor, any more obligation to ever speak to you no more. Then you'll be marked off all the old types of the Old Testament, only types and shadows of the new. And to reject Christ and to turn Him down that He's knocked at your door, you're on a danger line of being bored to the ear. Faith cometh by hearing hearing of the Word of God, and God will put a blind over your ears that you'll never be able to understand the more, and you'll do the more than criticize the Gospel as long as you live and die and be lost forever. What a time! While it's Jubilee time, while the doors are open, did you realize that this same baptism of the Holy Spirit I've been studying history for the last four, five, six years on the Holy Spirit, knowing that this time that's now coming up to me was coming. That I lay aside the healing services being first for a while and preach the gospel. Right? The first thing I had to do, people said, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? The first thing I had to do for that divine gift was win the hearts of the people. If I haven't got their hearts, they wouldn't listen. Now, God has confirmed it. And now they believe me. They've seen the things that's been said come to pass word by word. They've seen the power of God move and do just exactly. Now, what you say, they'll believe it. Now, the first thing I had to find out was what I was talking about. For God will hold me responsible for it at the day of the judgment. That's true. The baptism of the Holy Spirit fell the first time since Pentecost in Russia 100 years ago. That's right, that's history. And they had the baptism of the Holy Spirit and worked signs and wonders a hundred years ago and rejected it as a nation and turned it down. And when they did, they have turned now to anti-God, anti-religious, and become communist. Cold, brutal, hearted. If 
if you won't listen to God, He'll give you over to a spirit that'll condemn you. Be turned over to reprobate mind. Amen. To believe a lie and be damned by it. Amen. That's where Russia stands tonight. Damned in the sight of God because it failed to receive the jubilee message of the baptism. They were turned over to a reprobate mind. They believed a lie and are damned by it in the sight of God. The next place it fell was in Turkey. And the Turks rejected it and crucified Dropped in the sisters and so forth with swords sticking up like this. Those Armenian people and so forth and slayed them by the hundreds. And look where Turkey is tonight. Yes, sir. Now, my brother, America's had 40 years of old-fashioned apostolic preaching. The Jubilee there. And if they won't receive it as a nation, and I'm afraid they won't do it, then they'll be sealed out in dark, utter apostasy. All of our denominations, they're all right. But brother, God don't look to denominations. He looks to individuals. Christianity is a denomination. Christianity is a life that an individual lives. Amen. Sunday, thus saith the Holy Spirit. Out of the Word of God, that America is in whole turning God down and will receive the mark of the beast according to Revelation 13 chapter. And we're moving into it. God cannot let any nation. God is not a respective nation. He's not a respective people. He wants whosoever will. And if one nation of bloom and do all this is pen, that empire would last forever. But every world empire will be broken down at the coming of the rock. Hewed out of mountains and islands. That will break all the world's kingdoms into pieces. And Christ will rule and reign. And of His reign shall be low in. His name shall be called Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. And the government shall be up on His shoulders. And the kingdom there shall be low in. That's the kingdom of God that shall come with power and demonstration that all the rest of the world will be broken shot to pieces. They're going to reject it. Nations reject it. Churches reject it. Individuals reject it. So that God can judge the nations. He can judge the churches. He can judge the individuals. For a man that comes to truth and fails to walk in truth. They have, according to the Scripture, he blasphemed or rejected the Holy Spirit of God. And have passed the day of redemption. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the year of Jubilee which You've sent unto us, which has freed us, Father, and set us at the feet of the cross and at Your feet, Father, and enjoying the pleasures of heaven, sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We pray, Father, for any of our relatives, brothers, sisters, parents, grandparents, cousins who have not come to know you, uncles and aunts. We pray, Father, may you meet them in a special way today and convict them of their life of sin, for we know it's only the Holy Spirit which can convict the heart of a man. We thank thee, Father, for the work of salvation you've wrought in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, 
your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Set free. Praise God, I'm from sin set.